This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of the um, top 10 podcasts for authors for book marketing and so much more. The Author You Guide to Book Publishing Show always wants to deliver a variety of ahas, insight, tips, and definitely how-tos for your author publishing and book marketing success. I'm Judith Browse, your host, and, and kind of mastermind what's going on and and in the masterminding we always want to have our guest mara pearl back with us and actually this is going to be part two we did last week we did um some writing really writing basics core messaging so much more to get you going this week we're going to have a little bit twist but as always i like to leave uh kick not leave kick off with a quote from my book, Snappy, Sassy, Salty Success for Authors and Writers. And this one has only eight words, and it's this. Savvy writers leave out all the boring parts. So with that said, that we wanted to bring you up to date with some of the things that are going on just with writing and the evolution of what the AI um changes which are so dramatic we have a program also later this month with greg jameson going back with the good bad and really some ugly stuff that's happening with ai but let's get into the history of how we got here i think mara is going to lead us away mara is a best-selling author in her own right she has been awarded count them 70 book awards for her many many books in her series, and she'll kiss on those a little bit because we do want to talk about the evolution of how she even evolved with her writing to get her from there to now. And 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 also, since we're going to be kissing along some of the things with artificial intelligence, that could AI have gotten her here faster or would that have been a mistake? That's a good question, Mara. <laughs> it is ask. a good one. <laughs> All right. So well, let's thank you, jump Judith, in. so much. I always love these conversations with you. And uh, AI, of course, is top of mind for many people in many mm-hmm. different industries. Um, mm-hmm. Just to talk, um, you know, sort of give a thumbnail of the history of it. In 2012, Elon Musk met with a game designer and AI researcher named Hasabi who had founded a company called DeepMind. And mm-hmm. they met and, you know, two brilliant geeks having a conversation. And where were they talking? In his rocket factory. And he explains to his friend that he's building rockets so that 
humans have a place to go in case there's a climate disaster, a war disaster, a food disaster, whatever might befall Earth. Well, his friend says, I tell you what, you need to add to your list, there could be an AI disaster. And Musk thinks about that. Apparently, he falls into silence for a while, and he immediately invests $5 million in DeepMind so that he can monitor the progress of AI. Oh, my. <laughs> right? And so then oh he goes to his friend Larry Page at Google, and they talk about it, and they get into this debate, and Musk, again, is concerned about the welfare of humanity. Larry Page is dismissive. He says, what would it matter if machines took over? And Musk argues, well, human consciousness is, is precious. So now there's a pending deal that Google is going to buy DeepMind. Musk tries to stop it, doesn't succeed. So now Google buys DeepMind. In 2014, they established a safety panel, but it's really not serious. In 2015, Musk goes to another friend, Sam Altman, and they co-found a nonprofit research lab called OpenAI. And it's supposed mm -hmm. to compete with Google. That's the idea. Mm -hmm. However, this doesn't really work out. They split. Um, Microsoft invests a billion in OpenAI and changes it to a for-profit company. And then meanwhile, Musk founds his own AI company called XAI. Well, of course it's fast, called X. <laughs> of course. Right. Yeah. So fast yeah. forward, 2023, OpenAI, which is now also Microsoft, releases GPT-4. And then DeepMind, which is also Google, releases BARD. And they're in this big competition. So some of the concerns right now, could AI become politically indoctrinated, for example, oh, one yeah. way or the other? Right. Oh, yeah. I, you know, Mara, I think that that is a humongous one. In fact, that's one of the things that uh, Greg Jameson brings up that yeah. he thinks that with the pending election, we have a mini disaster on our hands. Well, it could be very, very serious. So, so what is the fuel for AI? Well, it's data. Mm -hmm. And where did it start when it was first gathering data? Well, it went to the internet. And look at these companies, Microsoft and Google. They have email, and they are using our emails to feed and train AI. So just in case we thought that our emails were private, they no. are not. Mm -mm. They definitely are not. And now Musk, to compete with this, guess what he's using? He's using Twitter X yes. to train his AI systems. He's also, by the way, using Tesla videos, which will give, you know, right now we're focused on AI as sort of a disembodied text or voice. But the other application of AI would be with machines that can mm -hmm. build cars and so forth and so on. And yeah. so to get real world physical experience of how humans move, the Tesla videos, the millions and millions of Tesla videos are, are useful. So that's a very brief look at the history of this, and it has come up. It's been in the works for quite a while, but now it's accelerating tremendously. Well, it's 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 gone from 
Um, I think when the phrase that Greg used, clunky, clunky to quite sophisticated in a very short period of time. Right. And it's training itself to some extent. Yes. So then, you know, we come to, to me, the, sort of the next topic here is, is consciousness. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, it, we authors are on the forefront of this. Because what we write, what we think about, what we represent, what we express is consciousness. You know, Deepak wrote an interesting AI article about creativity and the nature of consciousness. And at Mm -hmm. this point, AI doesn't have a consciousness. No, it doesn't. It's acting as if it does by mimicking humans. So we're so, in a strange world of being mimicked. Where, where's the fine line? I mean, how um, how can are are there um, benchmarks? Are there warning signs that when it crosses over from the unconscious <laughs> that anything mm. goes to the conscious? Well, I mean, here, here's an experience that was written about, um, I think, in the New York Times about an author who writes novels, and he wanted one of his characters to write a poem. He himself doesn't write poetry, so he thought, well, I'm going to see if AI can create a poem that would work. Well, AI does Uh create a poem, and it's good. It's actually Uh scary good. Uh And as he reviews the poem more carefully, he realizes that it implies that AI knows a lot about his characters. Well, this is how he finds out his existing books have been used to train AI without his permission. Wow. So this is okay. copyrighted material, and mm-hmm. he never gave permission for it to be used. Mm-hmm. And he said it was no different from coming home and realizing that a thief has been in your house. It was just profoundly creepy. Mm-hmm. So there is now a suit that includes Stephen King, Margaret Atwood, many well-known authors that the Authors Guild is bringing. It has 3,000 authors have signed on to this lawsuit. That's one thing that's going on. The New York Times recently announced it is suing OpenAI for infringement of copyright of its journalists. Mm Mm-hmm. So well, and so class. and so has yeah, and I just added the Wall Street Journal has also added on to that. Well, I think that's good. I mean, copyright and intellectual property rights are are important, and and you know how do we teach young people the value of copyright? I was recently uh, a moderator on a panel about AI at a writer's conference. One of my panelists was a young filmmaker and his, um, he started a film festival, but in order to enter, you must use AI to create your film. Mm -hmm. So he showed us a few minutes of one of his films. I, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, okay. It looked like a graphical kind of uh, picture kind of story. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Mara, I'm going to, let's hold it here. We're going to, we're running right up. I'm going to kiss on our first break here. 
because okay. I think this is so essential and and elementary for people to understand what's going on that I want to come back and I love the image you're going to share. So we'll be right back. Okay. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Is there a book in you? Or another? Author You shows you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you will find a supportive and brainstorming community that is connected and creative, no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual Author You Extravaganza. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, Members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publishing. AuthorUse, the premier authoring resource in the country, creating community, education, guidance, vision, and success for the serious author. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, AuthorU is for you. Timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted on its social media platforms. And it is free. Discover Author U, where authors go to become seriously successful. Join Author U today at authoru.org. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book. If you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. With me is Mara Pearl, and we are really, I, I love the brief timeline she gave in the last section on um, the time of AI and things that I, you know, I, 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 I didn't know that Larry Page said, well, who gives a twit mm. <laughs> about what happens? I mean, that's my words, but that's basically what he said yeah. about where it goes. Um, exactly. To me, I find that incredibly shocking um, to that, to all the way to the time that that Elon Musk, who I would think who gives a twit, um, was concerned about the consequences and where it was going. So right. I, I, well, love the door, and, I love the door I, opener. I think he and, and other leaders are now genuinely concerned that there has to be a way to put in uh, safety measures. Uh, I mean, President Biden wrote an executive order compelling organizations and companies to put in safety measures. I mean, the government's not in a position to uh, monitor this particularly well in that there is no agency yet, you know, to monitor this. But there is more awareness than than there has been, thank goodness. Well, and as you... 
Yeah, but you, as you and I both know, that the U.S. Copyright Office will not um, grant a copyright if you've used AI. That's correct. That's mm -hmm. correct, which is really interesting. And so there have been some authors who have submitted, been accepted, and then when their work is reviewed, it's kicked out and they cannot get a copyright. Yeah, and I, and I wouldn't like that to happen to my work, you know, and, and I think that more and more of us, I wish I'd put it in my recent book, oh, maybe I have a chance to do that, that, you know, we know artificial intelligence has been used to create this book. Right. Um, so with that said, you were sharing a story about a video. Well, so this wonderful young man, you know, he's a he's a creator and he's excited about the possibilities uh -huh. of AI. And I hate to dampen the spirit of any young person who's creating new works. But it was shocking to me and everyone else on the panel and frankly, everyone in the room. When mm -hmm. he said, well, copyright is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Whoa. And um, that was really sad. And I thought it's not really his fault, but it hasn't been taught to him and to a lot of people. There are so many young people who believe, for example, that music that has been played in public mm -hmm. is now public domain. <laughs> not understanding what that term means. Mm -hmm. um, you know, public domain, you have to, copyright has to exist for at least 50 years. It is then possible for a work like a book to fall out of copyright and then become eligible for public domain. But it doesn't happen automatically, and it only happens with the permission of the person who wrote it. Mm -hmm. So, there was another person on the panel, a professor at Cal Poly, and she said, well, it depends whether your focus is on product or process. And I thought this was very important. So in teaching people and in educating the public about copyright, she said, if we only care about the product, then maybe we don't care how it was created. But if we care about the process, then copyright is tremendously important. And so mm -hmm. then I come back to some things that you and I have discussed over the years about the core of writing. Um, we believe in writing intensively and in a focused way and on deadline. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. on the other hand, we really don't believe in shortcuts, meaning, mm -hmm. you know, trying to shortcut through your work it really doesn't work because mm -hmm. If you use your precious consciousness, your experiences, your insights, and then filter through these and allow that distillation to end up on the page, now you have something truly valuable that you've experienced and are now capable of sharing with your reader. That's really the whole point of it. And that is what we mean by process. So if you try to shortcut and eliminate your own process and have a system like an AI system try to do it for you, you've actually missed out on the whole point of doing the writing. Well, then they're just con content creators, you know, that you and I come across that phrase quite often, that they're content creators and they, and, and you know, they're 
another common phrase we in the speaking industry, which I was in for four decades, is, is we would motor mouse. They could just get on and it was like, you know, turn it on with the key. And um, th- th- it just ran out of their mouths, almost with no conscious with it. They, they just were on a roll mm. on that without any thinking. And that's kind of what I'm hearing you say here. Well, you know, let's say that you have something fairly routine and maybe even boring that you need to get done. Like we <laughs> often have to update our bios. This seems like a good use of AI. You or yourself have already written your bio several times. You're not going to, you know, improve yourself tremendously by writing it again. Mm-hmm. So let's say you, you assign ChatGPT to, to write your updated bio. Well, mm-hmm. I tried this a few weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, was, and what, it was what not, marvelous things did you find out about yourself? Well, it wasn't accurate. This is what yeah. was fascinating. It was an amalgamation of my bio and my dad's bio. It oh. had me graduating from Yale Drama School, which I did not, but he did. And so this is what is called AI hallucination. Mm-hmm. So there's something in the programming where AI is working hard to emulate humans. And that becomes more important than accuracy. So it comes up with something that's plausible, that's likely. I could have gone to Yale Drama School, but I didn't. So if you want to use AI for a simple task like this, you better be careful and proofread it carefully because Mm -hmm. it very seldom is accurate, which I thought was really interesting. Mm -hmm. Or or it may be um, uh, the fiction is greater than the truth. It could go the other way, too. I mean, just quite marvelous you went to Yale Drama School. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then this also sort of makes me think about writing, quote unquote, in the style of. Mm -hmm. So if Stephen King's books have been used to train AI, which which they have, they have. Yeah. Then you could ask AI, write a chapter in the style of Stephen King. Uh-huh. Well, that's creepy, and it's in violation of copyright. And really, yes. what would be your motive? Why would you do that? Does that mean you're really not interested in being an author? You're just interested in coattailing somebody to make money? Mm-hmm. I, I don't really understand the motive. You know, oh, as I, a game I think... or... Yeah, I think a, a, a laziness would be part of the motive. Mm-hmm. They, or they don't have the talent. They don't have the skill. You know, you and I have had talks about that, you know, in the, in the intense many years of coaching I've done with people that have come in with really other ideas. I mean, amazing ideas. But their writing skill is the pits. Mm-hmm. Um, um, really, they don't have the writing skill, and that's where they need to incorporate a ghost or someone to work with them to build their writing up, which is what I like right. to do. Do some, yeah. do some wonderful coaching. I love that, too. I love working with someone who's got a great idea but mm-hmm. hasn't had the chance to really be educated how to 
put it on the page, if they're sincere about it, I love working with an author and helping them really realize this dream. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. interviewed a professor at Colorado College and asked him about AI, and he said, well, at this point, if I have a student who turns in a paper and it was written by AI, AI still has, he called it an accent. Mm-hmm. And he said, so I can tell that it wasn't written by my student, mm. Uh, mm. <laughs> which is great. I mean, he's on top of it. But of course, we both said AI is going to continue to get better and harder mm-hmm. to detect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, we come back to trying to instill in a student the reason for doing their own work. If they don't, then in what way are they actually prepared for the real world when they graduate? Well, it's it's not only that, Nora, and I know we're like two minutes away from our next break. It's not only that. Um, You know, I come from also a healthcare field. And I'll never forget the time I did the uh, opening keynote for the caregivers of Alzheimer's um, patients. And I came away thinking of, oh, this is a whole new group of heroes in my spectrum here, Um, of people who, what they do to go through in the caregiving. And one of the things, one of the docs there said, one of the most important things is to keep your brain working. The most important Mm. things is to keep on learning. As an author, as a writer, which you and I both are, as an author and writer and our listeners out here is to keep those creative juices, those that writing to get into somewhat, I, I let, you know, I like to call red hot writing when God, you just can't put it down. You can't, you can hardly take a break. The pee. you are in such a role um, that your brain is in high gear and it's so healthy. It's oh, so healthy. Thrilling. Right. I right. mean, there's and nothing thrilling. like it. Yeah. Right. So if you put in, oh, 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 uh, put in, uh, um, write a chapter around, you know, creepy haunted houses in the style of Stephen King. Um, you are doing nothing to enhance your brain power. Zippo. That's right. Zippo. That's so, right. That's the you know, baddest thing of all. Yeah. So I'm just kind of throwing that out here for all, all of us to keep on going in the creativity side of it um, with that. All right. So Mara, we have one minute to our next break here, but that it, it's, I just think the whole idea of consciousness and the, the, your story about the young, young man who didn't really had any clue about ownership uh, and the importance of ownership and the creativity is kind of shocking. Not yeah. surprising to me. It's just shocking. Well, and we need to, I think, redouble our efforts at mentoring, which is what you and I do so much of our day, our week, our year. It is. And because mentoring leads to mastery. I mean, this is how we progress by passing along these skills. Yeah, let's stop on mastery and come back.
This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Discover the power of you and your book at the Judith Bryles Unplugged events. Each summer, Judith Bryles Book Marketing Unplugged unfolds over three intensive days working with just Judith. You get publishing strategies, author and book platforms, book marketing panache and pizzazz, and authoring tools to take you and your book to rock star success. In the fall and winter, Judith Bryles Speaking Unplugged includes Judith as your coach and mentor during two powerful days. You will learn how to structure a speech, how to create openings and closings, how to find gigs that pay you and sell your books, and you will get one-on-one coaching. Go to thebookshepherd.com and click on the Events tab to learn how to participate at the next Unplugged Workshop event. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, so we're having kind of a lively discussion on around the creativity, the ownership of creativity. Um, and where you can go with that and what lines get crossed here. And maybe also how can you cr- uh, protect your creativity um, before it shows up in someone else's deal, which has always been, I think, Mara concern. I know when I work with authors, a few of them have asked me to, you know, sign non-disclosures that I promise not to tell anyone or use anything. And I, you know, it amuses me, but I'm also glad to do that. It's no big deal um, on that. The last thing I do is have time to take someone's material and publish it as my own when I'm writing my own stuff. But with that said, that, you know, you know, where, where do we go with all this and, and what authors, you know, what other authors are, um, at the current forefront for shouting out, you mentioned Margaret Atwood, you mentioned Stephen King. I, I believe Tom Hanks is involved. The Authors Guild, which you and I both belong to, um, is going forth. But I'm not really seeing a whole bunch of other writers who are um, well-known authors, like a James Patterson, for example, You know, that is the number one selling author out there right now. Um, like a David Baldashi, uh, you know, John Grisham. What, where are they on all this? Well, it'd be interesting to ask them. I think some people are waiting to see how things evolve if we get some safety protocols in place. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you remember um, when Google started, I guess it was Search Inside? Mm-hmm. You know, that was Amazon. But... Um, you know, yeah, there no, was, that was search side, yeah. Yeah, but Google had um, a program where your book could be searched, basically. The entire text could be searched, and they didn't ask anyone's permission. They just started to do it, and this is some years ago. Well, good old Authors Guild immediately started a lawsuit and 
stopped it. And then it evolved into being an opt-in. So Google tried to make make a case to authors that if you let us use your book for free, by the way, and let it be searchable, your book will be more findable. And some authors believed that that might improve their sales. And some authors said, no, absolutely not. Uh, I have to control the text of my book. If someone wants to read my book, they need to buy my book in order to read it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so in a way, we're still on that the horns of that same dilemma. And of course, sadly, you and I have both encountered some authors who have stolen other people's work. Absolutely. And passed it off as their own, you know, with slight changes. I'm appalled by that, and I, again, don't understand it any more than I would go into someone's house and, and, you know, steal their cat. I mean, it's just anathema to me. But there are Mm -hmm. some people who, for whatever reason, they've run out of ideas. They think they can get away with it. I don't know what the motives are, but perhaps it's greed, fear. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So you take that behavior and extend it. And now it can be much more widespread because of AI. So again, I think we need to keep mentoring and keep illuminating for people the real deep joy of discovering what you're going to discover if you do a deep dive into your own consciousness and come up with something fresh and marvelous, whether it's fiction or nonfiction something that no one else has thought of. You know, it's that gap that you find something that just intrigues you and you bring something to light that's just thrilling for you and for your readers. That's the real path of being an author. Mm-hmm. But, and, and sharing it, and then you can talking about it or when some of the... Um, you know, just um, I'll, I'll I'll share something that I had. Um, I, I had some call me that had read, uh, got a hold, literally one of the first copies of my newest book, The Secret Hamlet. Mm-hmm. She so loved it. She says, I can't believe how fast she says I could not put this down. You know, I, I really liked the first, you know, The Secret Journey. But this, Judith, this one takes your characters and in your storyline in such a fast forward direction. That was so exciting for me, Mara. Oh, you know, of course it was. That's fabulous. To, you know, to the work that that comes on with all of that. You know, it's just it's it's way fun. Oh, it, <laughs> it really is. And I had a I had a similar call from someone who said, you know, I've really enjoyed your whole series but then when you did that prequel oh now i'm i'm totally sold now i know these characters and believe in them and can hardly wait to see what happens next and it is so satisfying when you know that you've touched someone with your work well and also as an author because we're talking about authors and writing here is that when you know you have a multi-book series in, whether you call it a series or the saga or whatever it is, you write, you know, the women's history I'm writing in the, you know, I've got, I've got a chiclet series brewing right now and, a, and I've got the historical fiction. 
that you know where the storyline is going, but you can't tell them all yet. You know, it's like, you got to hang in here with me so I can get everyone on board and get it there. Absolutely. So, so, you know, there are some tools and we know that authors are going to try some of these. So mm -hmm. if you're okay with this, I thought I would, you know, share yes. some let, of let, the possibly yes. and, useful stuff. Yeah. And um, I'd also, you know, before we jump into that, I want, I, do, I don't want to leave the deal of the possible consequences. I think when we are off air, one of the things, you know, I'm trying to do the what if, what if, what if these lawsuits are successful, which in my opinion, I think that they will be to some degree mm -hmm. um, with yeah. the challenges going on. So um, is this going to be a slap on the hand that, you know, don't do this anymore, you know, open AI, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Don't copy people, you know, well, the damage is done. So how, I mean, I don't know if we have created the new lawyers, you know, per perpetuity act now or what, but that um, what's, what could be kind of the consequence of this? Is it going to go back that anyone, that anyone who has used AI must eliminate everything from their work? What? Well, in a way there's, we already have um, a built-in stoppage because of the mm -hmm. Library of Congress. So if you think you're going to succeed having used AI to write a book and that you're going to be able to hold copyright and sell that book and so forth, you'll be stopped. Mm -hmm. But I think it's the companies like OpenAI, DeepMind, et cetera, that have to rethink their policy and stop thinking so much about the greed and think instead about... Mm -hmm. Sustainability. You know, if if everything that you've built in your company is based on lack of integrity and theft, mm -hmm. um, I don't think that's sustainable. And some people are positioning AI as being something marvelous for the world, that it's going to improve people's lives. Um, that you won't have to work so hard, the machines will do it for you, and that leaves you leisure time. Uh, to me, that sounds like, you know, H.G. Wells, the time machine with the, <laughs> the mindless zombie people no longer doing their own thinking. I don't find that appealing, and I really don't find it logical. Um, no. So... A shift in thinking is what's going to be required. And, uh, you know, it worries me that, let's say, a very boring job like monitoring the needles at a power plant. Well, that sounds like a good job for an AI. But if that AI doesn't have core values instilled in the programming and it makes a decision, well, this particular power delivery section isn't practical or profitable and I'm going to shut it down. You know, there could be people using oxygen who suddenly don't have power. Mm -hmm. If decisions like that are placed in the hands of an AI that doesn't have core values. So mm -hmm. those core values have to be discussed, 
agreed upon and incorporated as AI continues to evolve. And it will continue to evolve. You know, that is, do you, do you think, Mara, there could be a backlash? Do you think that uh, there could be a rejection saying, hey, this is not working? Well, I really do. And in fact, I have a friend and colleague who wrote a science fiction book that was recently published called The Deletion. And in his story, AI commits suicide. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's you no know longer what? acceptable to itself. Now, that's some serious backlash. That is some serious. That, that, and, I, and I have an, another sci-fi book. Um, Forever is too long that also came up with the deal that they end up deleting all the programs. Mm -hmm. that, that's that's one of the things that happens at the end, that that it's created this horrendous um, uh, uh, chaos. And it, it's, it's, it didn't work out the way they thought it was going to work. Out. And that. That, is, that is possible. Mm-hmm. So I'm very glad that, that, you know, authors are tackling this because, as I said, I, I think we're sort of on the forefront of mm -hmm. what's coming with AI. We are more aware than a lot of other sectors of the economy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so it's great that we are having these discussions, that we're having these panels, that we're asking ourselves really important questions and challenging uh, these sort of blanket policies that in which we had no say. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a killer. All right. So if, uh, you know, I, I hope as you listen in, you really start, all of you, you noodle on what would work for you. Where do you want to stay away from? Um, you know, what's acceptable because we all have different points. We all have different tolerance levels. Um, the idea of updating a resume that is intact and all that seems to be a reasonable thing to do as long as it doesn't bring in the AI hallucination factor and have you going in a whole other direction. It's got to be with truthiness. All right. So with that said, we're going to take our final break and then Mara's going to get into some of the tools. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Are you confused about publishing options? Do you know which printing option is best for your book? Does your stomach flip when you think about selling books? Or do you feel overwhelmed with what to do about book marketing and publicity? Get the answers and much more. Get them and from someone who knows publishing inside and out from both the traditional and independent sides how to make a successful book. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so. Or you can create a book that looks and feels classy 
builds your brand and platform and is a success, a bestseller. It is your choice. You choose. If you want author and publishing success, you want Judith Bryles as your book coach. Sign up for her weekly blogs and easing at thebookshepherd.com. The Book Shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing, and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and guide to collaborate with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You do not need more problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Riles will shepherd you through the maze and chaos. At times, she has had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher, by a publishing service provider, and sometimes even by the author. If you want author and book success, connect with her today at thebookshepherd.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Alrighty, so it's been a, I mean, I think a really good conversation. It affects all of us. Artificial intelligence will affect all of us in some way, some to a greater degree than others. Some of you are going to be ripped off, I'll just tell you. Um, some of some of us may be tempted, you know, boy, would would I love some shortcuts sometimes. But the reality is, is what Mara said, is, you know, a couple of sections here ago is it 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 depletes the integrity of a lot of what you're doing you know to me it it's i I think you have to be careful of of what could be a giant cheat and you don't want to cheat your readers you don't want to cheat yourself i'm just going to say that right exactly true Mm -hmm. yeah Let's, let's talk about um some of the some of the tools that are use good to use i i will i've said i've said this um, before that if you're using AI for any, because they talk about research, um, and just recently a court case involving a political court case where the attorneys had done research and I they tried, they shortcutted it, they used AI, it turned out they, the old AI people hallucinated it and, and created cases that they cited that went to the Supreme Court that were, not maybe the appellate court, that were BS. Yeah, that never existed. Never existed. You must be careful here. Right. Oh my so, gosh, yes. So, th- so okay, what well, tools- I mean, so I don't yeah. want to to suggest that to our listeners who are particularly who are authors and writers mm-hmm. that they should never use AI. It is upon us. There are a lot of people who are using it. I think it's just, first of all, great to have your own foundation of thought and consciousness and awareness mm-hmm. and use that approach and then see what mm-hmm. might work for you. Um, mm-hmm. 
I decided to try to educate myself and have done a couple of experiments using mostly ChatGPT. Mm -hmm. As I said, it was inaccurate when it came to creating a bio. <laughs> I found when I asked it to write something, um, it was derivative, repetitive, really yes. not usable. It would be faster for me you know, just to throw that out and do it myself. I did find sometimes for research, it was sort of like working with a super fast version of a search engine, and that can be quite useful. I find at least at this point in AI's development, if you ask for an outline format, it's quite capable of filling in a pretty good outline, and that can be quite useful for your mm -hmm. research. Mm -hmm. um, I have to do that all the time anyway. I, my, my books are very dependent on research. So mm -hmm. I thought, all right, great. This is, you know, you, what you want to do is pick a very focused subject, keep it sort of simple, and then ask the system to give you an outline and you'll get something usable. Mm -hmm. You then need to be the one to go in depth and pursue. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I think also that it, the way the system, now I, I could be kind of making this up, the way these systems are set up, that once you're inside, whether it's the chat GPT or any of the other systems, once you start putting in your stuff in there, do you not make it open-ended that, that, that they can tap in and reuse your stuff and respread it? I believe so. so I think so, too. To put in a chapter of yours, then you should be prepared to see it in bits and pieces used other elsewhere. places. Yeah. So yeah. going back to what I said earlier in the show, that sometimes some people are so they're paranoid. I get it. I, I get it protective um, of their work. But if you're working on your work in an AI environment, forget about that kind of protection. I, I think you're you're kind of buck naked out there with yeah, your words. Your crazy. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I think so too. So there are some tools you can you know find these by searching. But there was an existing program called Grammarly, mm -hmm. and Grammarly now has an AI component. So when you're trying to check your grammar, mm -hmm. you might find that interesting, useful, if you're writing a blog or something like that. There's another one called WordTune that helps refine something that you've written. Um, there's one called Writer, but it's misspelled horribly. It's R-Y-T-R. R-Y-T-E-R? R-Y-T-R. Mm -hmm. And it will generate content like a blog. So something small and focused. And again, when I write a blog, it's because I want to write a blog. I don't want anyone else to write it for me. Mm -hmm. However, perhaps you are assigned for some reason to write mm -hmm. about something. Maybe this would be useful. Mm -hmm. There's another program called Phrase. F-R-A-S-E, and it is designed for optimized SEO content. So if you're trying to put
push something out in particular using your keywords that you've identified. Mm -hmm. That might be something for short bursts, maybe social media. Mm -hmm. And then here's a funny one. It's called Word AI. And guess what? It is designed to avoid <laughs> artificial intelligence detection. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, and does it? And what, what little goodies, what traps does it have in there? I don't know. Do it's that. obviously, it's it's a cheat. Wow. So, you know, even that exists. And I don't know whether students mm -hmm. are using this for their papers so that they don't get caught, mm -hmm. you know, lying yeah. about what they've not written. Mm -hmm. There are I a lot of so. tools. I just want people to be forewarned and forearmed. Okay, so let's let's go over there. So we have Grammarly, Grammarly, which has an AI component, and its purpose is to do what again? If you'll repeat that, I think Grammarly is about improving your grammar. Just improving it. Well, yeah. you know they have that kind of thing. And then you had a, your second one was Word something. Word tune, T U N E. Word, word tune, and its goal is to. I think it's about refining something that you've written. Just you know, me. these were, are trying to substitute for really good editors. Editing, yeah. And I'm not convinced that you can use anything but a really good editor if you're serious about improving your text. I, I wouldn't consider it. I because well, I, I value so fiction. much. Especially for fiction. Yeah. yeah. Especially for fiction, because if you've got a really good editor in play, um, and and I know you and I both have different editors, but they do what we need to have done. And one of the things that's so important in the fiction art, and you know, that AI is not going to, well, I could be totally wrong here, to, to know if you've got your arcs all screwed up. If you have all of a sudden changed the character's main character's name to from Mark to Steve. Um, if they're going to pick that kind of thing, that nuance, all of a sudden realize something's in play. I mean, you you tell me, Mara. I, I don't know. Well, again, I'm sure people are trying to write AI programs that are better and better. But mm -hmm. whether you're writing a screenplay, a, a novel, a novella, you've got to really drill down into your character's what are their core values? What would they do and what would they never do? Because mm -hmm. if you violate that in your text, your reader knows it and your reader goes, nah, I don't buy it. That character wouldn't do that. Oh, no. Well, I know that I have went working with some of my authors, you know, as I got to know their characters, I, I could easily come back and said, there is no way, you know, George would say this or right. there's no right. way he would do that. See, I don't know if it, these programs have that nuance to fight back that way. A good editor does. That's correct. So, all right. So, and then, and then writer, the, mm -hmm. the oddball spelling, R-Y-T-R, um, is for shorties, like blogs yeah. and things like mm -hmm. that. Okay. Right. And then, and then phrase, F-R-A-S-E, is mm -hmm. to enhance it for actually social media push out using your SEO words. And right. then word AI is to avoid AI detection, which I find, whoa. <laughs> it's either hilarious or terrifying or both. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then I want to add on one more. And I, I mentioned this often. There's one called perplexity. Um, P-E-R-P-L-E-X-I-T-Y dot A-I, which actually will dive down into, it, this helps avoid the AI hallucination. Um, it's oh, okay. it, where, where exactly th this research site came from, which is what the lawyers should have used. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay, so... Um, but so there's your there's kind of a good bag of tricks for all of you. You know, you've got six tools that you can check into. You may discount them one totally. that um, doesn't fit to you. But those are things that you could take advantage of to see if it would fit you to enhance what you're currently doing. But never leave your creativity at the door. I'm just going to say that. Please don't leave that behind. That's right. And use these tools advisedly, carefully. And carefully. just be aware it is evolving. And if you have a chance to weigh in to your mm -hmm. writers' groups or even to your local representatives, um, mention what you believe. Mention how you feel about this. The more that mm -hmm. we weigh in, in fact, you know, go ahead and write a blog about how you yep. feel about AI. The more we're in this conversation, I think locally and mm -hmm. nationally, um, it's a good thing. The more important. All right. And with that, we're going to close up. Mara Pearl, thank you so much for being thank with us. Thank you today. so much. Always delighted. All right. All right, everyone. Have a great week. Happy writing. Happy publishing. I'm Judith Bryles, and I look forward to being with you next week. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryan.